It's Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, a product that could help you hear the person you're trying to have a conversation with in a loud, crowded room. Plus, a follow-up on why Unicode is adding so many more colored hearts in the next emoji drop. There was more to the story than I thought. And why everyone online is making horrifying memes about something called pink sauce. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Have you ever been in a crowded restaurant and struggled to hear what your conversation partner or the server was saying to you? If you use hearing aids, you've almost certainly experienced this countless times, but some people who don't use hearing aids can also have a lot of trouble processing sounds when there are a lot of competing background noises. A team of researchers at Columbia University have developed a potential solution to this challenge. Using electrodes placed on the auditory cortex, the system enables the brain to generate a different electrical signal for each speaker that you're hearing. Those signatures are generated using a deep learning algorithm that can differentiate between different voices in a room and amplifies the one with the best match so that the user hears that speaker above all else. Quoting the MIT Technology Review, The system, described in Science Advances, was tested on three people without hearing loss who were undergoing surgery at North Shore University Hospital in New York. They had electrodes implanted as part of their treatment for epilepsy, meaning their brain signals could be monitored. The participants were played a tape of four people speaking continuously. The researchers intermittently paused the recording and asked the subjects to repeat the last sentence before the pause to ensure they were hearing it correctly. They were able to do so with an average accuracy of 91%, end quote. Pretty impressive, but that version required brain surgery to implant the electrodes. The team says a version could be created with sensors placed in or over the ear or embedded into hearing aids, but it might not be quite as effective. They also encountered an issue with lag. The system can take a few seconds to process, meaning you might miss the start of a sentence. Right now, it's kind of a trade-off. You either get a slightly less accurate read with a little lag or a faster read that might not be completely accurate. It's the kind of snag that could probably get resolved down the line. I'd say figuring out how to embed it into hearing aids or other devices and not require brain surgery is the bigger barrier here. But for a proof of concept, it is pretty cool and impressive, and the team says it could be commercially available within five years. Personally, I would get one of these in a heartbeat if I could afford it. I can have a lot of trouble hearing people when there's background noise. With masks in the equation now, I've just given up in a lot of cases. I have probably agreed to so many things in the past two years without realizing it because I just nod along or give a polite chuckle to things I can't hear all the time. I should probably help fund this research just for my own reputation's sake. So I want to do a little follow-up to the emoji story on Monday. I discussed some of the draft emojis likely to hit Unicode 15 this September, including three new heart colors, pink, gray, and light blue. There's been a good deal of excitement over those colors, but I kind of left it at that. Jared C. on Twitter let me know that there's actually a very intentional reason why Unicode is expanding the colors for the plain hearts. It's because they are no longer accepting proposals for new flags. How does that relate to the heart emoji? 
Well, let's back up. Why do we even have flag emoji? Jennifer Daniel, the Unicode Emoji Subcommittee Chair, wrote on the Unicode blog, quote, Flashback to the 1990s. KDDI and SoftBank, two Japanese mobile phone carriers, had early emoji sets which included 10 country flags. A possibly apocryphal explanation is that they were used to denote what to grab for dinner, American or Italian. Such an innocent time in emoji history, pre-hamburger emoji. Alas, as Unicode stepped in to create meaningful interoperability between these carrier-specific encodings, they were presented with a problem. Why should these 10 countries have flag emoji when others do not? Various ideas were considered. The Unicode Consortium isn't in the business of determining what is a country and what isn't. That's when the consortium chose ISO 3166-1 Alpha 2 as the source for valid country designations. ISO 3166 is a widely accepted standard, and this particular mechanism represents each country with two letters, such as US for United States, FR for France, or CN for China. It wasn't a perfect solution, but but by allowing the 10 flag emoji and the rest of the country flags to be accurately interchanged between Docomo, KDDI, SoftBank, Google, and Apple, and others, it worked just fine. End quote. And just to restate that ISO 3166-1 Alpha 2 is a standard of two-letter country codes published by the International Organization for Standardization, or ISO. That's a bit of the nitty-gritty on why flag emojis exist. There are so many curious emojis that when you ask someone at Unicode why one of those exists but some other seemingly common object doesn't, the response is often, that's just how it was in the original Japanese set. There are a lot of holdovers from those days. Flags are one of them. Now, due to the need to have all of the ISO 3166 countries represented, flags are by far the largest category of emoji. Over 200 flags out of about 3,600 total emoji. But they are also, by far, the least used emoji. Except for the rainbow flag. That one gets a lot of mileage. But national flags? Not so much. A study conducted in 2020 by the University of Edinburgh found that they're not even used as much in people's social media bios as you would think. And that, and maybe posts during international sports competitions, are kind of the main use cases you'd imagine. The thing about national flags is they basically only have one meaning. And that's a big mark against them in Unicode's books. When considering new emoji, Unicode likes emoji that can be deployed in multiple different ways. A combination of literal and metaphorical, expressive and defined. Because the more ways there are to use an emoji, the more frequently it will get used. Flag emoji are also pretty difficult to code. A lot of them have tiny details that users can barely discern in emoji size. And again, if they were used more often, that burden on developers might be worth it, but at this point, the emoji subcommittee is saying they're closing up shop on more flag requests. Instead, they encourage people to use other options. If there's a flag missing that you want, maybe an identity-based one that never got added, Daniel says you should use a string of hearts. She gives the examples of a red heart, green heart, and black heart for the Pan-African flag, or a blue heart and orange heart for the New York Mets. It's a cool workaround, but the toxic masculinity in me says that a good chunk of the population won't actually use the heart solution. 
Then again, those of us who feel like a string of colored hearts reflecting our favorite sports team is too cutesy, probably weren't using the flag emoji or any other emoji that way to begin with, so maybe it's fine. And Daniel says four out of the top five emoji used most in Twitter bios are the red heart, blue heart, purple heart, and yellow heart. So I guess they are pretty popular and already being deployed in this way to some extent already. Now, a few important caveats here. The existing flag emoji are not going away. And if a country gains independence and is recognized by ISO in ISO 3166-1, they will get an emoji flag in the subsequent version of Unicode automatically, no need for a proposal. But Unicode will no longer accept proposals for new flags, and that applies to different pride flags, regional or state flags, and more. Some of that falls into the weeds of ISO classifications, which is beyond the scope of Unicode, just the standard that they follow. And Daniel acknowledges that flags are important rallying cries for groups of people, and knows that the request to have a flag represented in emoji form has become an important signifier of respect and relevance, but says Unicode is trying to move away from that, writing, quote, When we say we aren't adding more flags, we're only saying changing the Unicode standard is not an effective mechanism for this recognition, end quote. It might end up being a controversial decision. The heart thing might not work. But Daniel writes, quote, If it fails, at least we'll be left with lots of heart emoji that have multiple uses. End quote. The latest micro-trend sweeping TikTok is the mystery of pink sauce. Last month, a TikTok creator called Chef Pi, I think, P-I-I, started posting a series of videos featuring a Pepto-Bismol pink sauce, taste-testing it on all different foods with lots of different people. It was packaged in a standard condiment bottle, like the kind you buy Heinz ketchup in at the grocery store, and labeled pink sauce in big, bold letters. The kind of gross but intriguing-looking sauce quickly took off on TikTok. I mean, I think it looks gross, but I think a lot of the influencer types genuinely thought it looked cool. You know, kind of like the unicorn frappuccinos and stuff, the whole subset of pink and glittery foods. I mean, call me a curmudgeon, but I think pink foods are fine in dessert or maybe some fresh fruits, but a creamy, pale pink sauce being put over wings just looks unappetizing to me. Nonetheless, pink sauce became a huge talking point on TikTok, in part because the creator never said what it tasted like, even as she opened up orders at $20 a pop. Eventually, she revealed the ingredients to be sunflower seed oil, honey, chili, garlic, and dragon fruit to give it the pink hue. But once the bottles were listed for sale online and people started receiving them, people had even more questions. Details on the nutrition label didn't seem to add up. There were typos on the label, and some people claimed to receive broken and exploded bottles in poorly packaged parcels. A few other creators on TikTok have posted in-depth videos illustrating some of their major concerns surrounding pink sauce, including inaccuracies in the serving size, a lack of instruction to refrigerate, and not nearly enough preservatives to be shelf-stable. The reactions online are running the gamut. Some people have posted that they've gotten sick from the sauce, which is, of course, concerning, if true, both for the people getting sick and for the creator who could face legal action, potentially. Foodborne illness is a big deal. 
People are concerned that the pink sauce does not adhere to FDA standards. But then there are plenty of folks simply making fun of anyone who actually ordered this random TikTok sauce through the mail in this heat when it seems to just be made out of someone's kitchen. That's where a lot of the memes land. And there are, oh, so many memes coming down the pipeline right now. Now, some of the creators that have been raising alarm bells are rooting for Chef Pie. One of them, Sean SVV, said, quote, I am genuinely rooting for her to obtain a license, fix the labels, correct any errors, and then sell out legally. End quote. You know, everyone these days likes seeing small businesses succeed, but this is also a reminder of how tough entrepreneurship actually is, and how much more goes into this kind of thing than a lot of people realize, especially when it comes to edible products and food safety. You know, I think a lot of people get caught up in how easy it is to make something look cool and fun in social media marketing, and not have quite the same awareness of how to deliver on a quality product that adheres to all legal safety standards. This has been happening more and more over the years with wannabe influencers. You know, part of the problem with our tendency to post only polished highlights of our lives, or the fake curated versions in the case of some influencers, is making that lifestyle look a lot more effortless than it is, leading aspiring influencers and creators to a false sense of the skill sets and work required. Not to mention not realizing that a lot of influencers are working with huge teams and businesses behind them that have been around the block and have systems for manufacturing and launching products, or not being aware of how many people out there are pretending to be that but are really just ready to scam you and your followers. It's dicey out there in the social media economy, and Pink Sauce is just the latest and most vibrant example of how many pitfalls there are on every side of the equation. If Pink Sauce fixes its current challenges and one day makes it to store shelves, it will be one of the very few social media success stories in a millennial pink sea of broken dreams. Well, that is going to be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.